Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Thursday to you. How's everybody doing out there? Everybody having a good day today? Blaine, you having a good day? You finished? I'm a good day. You know, I always have to move the camera because I have two human, huge human beings, one before me and one after me, that sit in this chair. And, uh, you know, and I, I feel like I'm a little guy. You know, just that little guy that's just that squirrel you were talking about. <laughs> I'm that guy, so I'm always adjusting. And then... They're always readjusting uh, with someone six seven, and then someone six five before me so, that sits in this chair. So it's all good, having fun. It's Thursday, so we're getting closer. I mean, it's practically the weekend. People should just check out now. Just leave. Oh yeah, a lot of people don't drive into work on Fridays. You know, now everybody's working from home. So yeah, yeah, this is this is the end of the week for most. Let me ask you if this is an overreaction. I, I saw this earlier this week on ESPN. I, I made a note of it. I was going to ask you, and I thought, I, I'll ask Blaine today. You know what ESPN is like to me? It's like the people who are out there in public and are always talking, and you care about what they think. I don't give a crap what you say. I know I'm going to do what I need to do. Sure. It's when it comes to sports, because you only control you. They, they, they control themselves. They're going to say whatever they want to say. That don't mean it's true. Oh, no, this isn't necessarily a true or not true. It's just one guy's opinion, but I'm curious to see if you I don't care about people's opinion. All right, tell me. <laughs> as a player, I'm, I'm just telling you as a player of mine. Okay. Mm-hmm. They did an overreaction segment, which is a total ESPN thing. But the first thing that they did was Titans are Super Bowl contenders. Is that an overreaction? And they had Dan Graziano, who's a reporter, who said, no, that's not an overreaction. At this point, seven games into the season, not an overreaction that Titans are Super Bowl contenders. Well, I think you go back in the summertime uh, before the season started and all the expectation. And the expectation were this was a Super Bowl contending team. And it, that hasn't changed. They've kind of evolved in, you know, lose to the Jets. And then, you know, things kind of fall off a cliff. And then all of a sudden they've captured it. Uh, hats off to the coaching staff and, and the players to stay focused and, and uh, get some guys healthy uh, and fight through it. So. Uh, I wouldn't say – I think it's an overreaction for people who just now are thinking that. Yeah. That's why I said I go back to the beginning of the of the season and going into the season. I think that's why you made the, the trade for Julio Jones, really. Because now if they stack the box, not only do you have to stop one receiver, you got to stop two. I think that was the only uh, flaw, really, last season, even with the poorest defense like that was glaring. They played the Ravens, and Corey Davis disappeared. Yeah, A.J. Brown was still there, but he needed help. Once they stop the run, and when you get in the playoffs, they will be stopping the king. Yeah. I don't mean you stop running them, but they, they, he, you know, he may have a 30 for 80 type game. But that's a win for the Titans because he was still impactful in the game. Sure. So, yeah, I think they, they are right now, and they're showing that. My concern, though, there is a concern at this point in time. Can they maintain this level of play? the rest of the season and did they peak too soon so these are the concerns because the way we watch this team it didn't matter who's you know the head coach it's always a roller coaster ride so okay, are we wiving this wave all the way now are you going to stay steady eddie just like and know how you have to play each and every game now there's you know some Health issues, you want to make sure, you know, key players are healthy and you can fight through, you know, certain guys maybe for a game or two. Mm -hmm. Uh, But can they stay healthy and can they continue to play at this level for how long? That That's tough. And if you're really really good teams, they do. Yeah. Uh, And then you try to look at some, you know, are there any 
glaring flaws to the team or their holes, let's say, holes, you know. And the only thing I can think of is just health. Like the offensive line is solid, at least for sure, in run blocking. Uh, got the receivers, got the quarterback, got the running back, got the D-line. Linebackers, eh, you know, okay. Uh, and DBs, you know, say corners, okay, safety's good. So, you know, you play with that pass rush that they had, that secondary always looked good. Yeah. So I think they got a shot here in the AFC. Uh, the most complete team right now is probably the Bills, and they beat them here at home. Uh, that you don't see any glaring weaknesses based off of their roster. When you look at the Bills, you mean? Yeah, yeah. in the AFC, and I'm only talking yeah. about the AFC. Uh, I think the AFC is weaker, though, than the NFC this season. I think the NFC, their five, are really good. And they're going to knock each other off. That's not to say that, you know, one AFC team can't beat them, but we shall see when the playoffs start and, and then, when, then when they get to Super Bowl. There's an Associated Press power poll, and this is so funny because we were talking about this on Sunday uh, ahead of the game, and you and Kevin Dyson and me, and and, and you you said this, and, th- and then I'll read you this. You and then they that, were listening? No, just kidding. No, <laughs> it's almost like they were listening. Because we were talking about this. We said, Who's the best team? You said, I, you said there's, I think there's several teams. This is you, you said, I think there's several teams in the NFC that are better than the best team in the AFC. Right. It's top-heavy right now. So I clicked on this. The the power poll from the Associated Press. Number one, Cardinals. Number two, Buccaneers. Number three, Rams. Number four, Packers. Number five, Cowboys. The top five teams, all NFC. And then the Tennessee Titans, the Buffalo Bills, the Bengals, the Ravens, the Chargers. It's five NFC teams and then five AFC teams is how they wound up ranking them. Yeah, they, they need to quit, you know, taking my material. They completely <laughs> took your material there. Because you said this on the air, too. I'm going to start tweeting out all my ideas, uh, you know, that I come up with or my, what I, you know, what I say. Uh, I need, that's why I need an intern. I got to get one, man. Follow Look, you around, yeah, you catalog just, your ideas. Yeah, yeah, everything I say. Document them. And sure. I just say go. Right. And they, they type away and it's out. Whether good, bad, or indifferent, <laughs> it goes out. Yeah. First of all, my fingers are all crooked, so I can't type that fast. And then I forget what I say, so I try to write it down. And then I come up with another thought. And then I, I lose the track. <laughs> it's, you know, it's just kind of like when my wife tells me, like, three things to do, and I just, like, forget one because I wasn't actually. Only one? Yeah, yeah. well, I was trying to be nice. <laughs> I forget one. Dang it, you didn't. Oh, oh, I, I, I forgot. I just put everything in my phone now. Whatever you tell me. If you're like, hey, man, six Thursdays from now, I need you to come and pick me up. I'm getting my car worked on. I would be okay. Okay, let me put this in my phone right now. Mm -mm. Then I would set it to ding two hours before. I'm worth you. I said, you've told me three times. Why did you tell me? And that's a week away. You text me the day before that I'll get done. I just put it in my phone. (laughs) I would ask you to text me the day before. That way, because I know if I forget, I could go back and look at it. I just put it all on my phone. I, oh, man. The Cardinals got some bad news. J.J. Watt out for the season, it looks like. You know what's so interesting in that? I, I wanted to find out. They say shoulder. I want to know what it is. Like, uh, torn labrum. Oh, uh, dislocation. I want to hear more about what it is, but we don't, we don't, I don't. We, like, reason why I say that, I think we know everything about Baker Mayfield's injury right now. We can tell you what his injury is. Yeah. So why do we not know what J.J. Watt's injury is? 
He finished the game, too. Yeah, he. they said he played the whole second half with it. Whatever's wrong with it. Whatever it is. And then there's a possibility that he could be back for the playoffs. Okay, so what is it? I mean, if we know Bakers, why don't we know J.J. Watt? J.J. Watt, even your guy Schefter just says, looks to be season-ending shoulder surgery, no date set. He hurt his shoulder in the second quarter Sunday, managed to play the rest of the game. No specific on what it is. No specific. Yeah, but, we, but you know, they usually try to keep secrets on the quarterback. That's why I use Baker. So. Oh, 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 oh. Now, this just dropped from Rap Sheet. You ready? Oh, okay, he was listening. He's been digging. <laughs> Once again, you say something. Here it is. How serious does an injury have to be to sideline J.J. Watt? Sources say he actually tore his labrum, his bicep, and his rotator cuff. Oh, he, he's done. He's not playing no playoff. And, and, oh, no, there's, I'm, I'm reading this live. And dislocated his shoulder. Yeah. So, labrum, what'd you say, bicep? Tore his labrum, his bicep, and his rotator cuff, and dislocated his shoulder. Nah. That's no. like the grand slam of ways to screw up his shoulder. Mm, mm. Didn't tear my labrum. I haven't tore my bicep. But the other two, I have done. And I'm not a D lineman, so this is almost impossible. He's hitting every single play. That, that's, 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 and he shouldn't do it at this point of his career because he's coming towards the end. So I, I would say he's done. Even if they go all the way to Super Bowl, he may dress and contribute maybe. Yeah. How long would that be? February? How many months is that? Dude, it's November. Yeah. I mean, it's practically November. What's today? The 28th? 28th? Yeah. It's a, yeah. Nah, I wouldn't recommend that at all. Four months, I would say, yeah, possibly. But it's so many different things here. Yeah. And everybody's saying he's not going to have surgery until next week. That is November. Yeah, they're trying to let it settle down a little bit. But, dang, that's a lot. Yeah. Wow. And maybe that all happened. And all of it happened because he continued to play. Something happened wrong, and he kept playing through maybe a labrum tear, and then this is what happens. Then bicep, because all that, that that shouldn't be, <laughs> it's all connected. But if you stop after, oh, dang, something wrong, right? I mean, you go out there now, your body is starting to do things it says no can do. Mm-hmm. He did keep playing in that game. He yeah, did. that's what I said. Yeah. He shouldn't have. Right. He shouldn't there's, have. There's video. Playing, or he wouldn't have had all this extensive injury. It might have been just one thing. More from Rap Sheet. He did it. A lot, it seems like so many guys damage their shoulder, just not necessarily hitting somebody or 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 in uh, it's when they dive or when they hit the ground. Right. And he was chasing the quarterback of the Texans and was all stretched out and fell on it and fell and oh, yeah. for the you know people watching on the TV, right. he it smashed his shoulder into the ground. It's yeah. almost oh. exactly how like Baker, Baker fell. Baker yes. yeah, that's exactly it. So he did that, and then he probably kept playing and it messed up everything else. Now we made fun of well, a lot of people, not us. On, on social media of who stuck their arm out there and said pick-a-boo with their arm from the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jones. Yep. Yeah, Chris Jones. Everybody, See, this is why I don't like social media. He pulled it back because you leave it out there, you can tear your shoulder. Sure. You can dislocate your shoulder. If I don't have enough shoulder and body there to collapse, Derrick Henry's going to run right through and I may tear my elbow up. Yeah. Yeah. See? So some people say, oh, he was loafing. Nah, I think he he's seen that happen before on film and go, uh oh, I'm never doing that. Not with this dude, right? Not 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 that guy they call King. He said that's this <laughs> this dude's like Flash. Well, he he has some you know momentum going. So yeah, that it's uh this is a tough one. But you know, hey, the Cardinals uh 
They're still on a run. I'm sure they'll have somebody not as good as Watt, naturally, but they'll have a couple guys. They may be looking for somebody in the trade, uh, pick somebody up for waivers. You got to have a rotation of D-line, but they're playing so well right now. Oof. I'd get on the phone with the Bills and just say, hey, man, which one of these 10 guys y'all got you want to trade over here? Oh, the Bills not letting anybody go. Just one. Y'all got nah. 10. Just, you'd have nine if you traded me one. Nah, they just, not. I, I, just I wouldn't even do it. You tell me which one I can have. Pick one. I'll, I'll take the one you don't want. I got 10 defensive line. I was like, give me one of your running backs then. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you never it's know. I was basically telling you to Tuesday. say no. <laughs> Let's grab one quick phone call here, Alex and Dixon, and then we'll uh, talk to George Brimmer next who covers the coaches. Or the Colts, rather, and their coaches. What's going on, Alex and, and Dixon, coaches. and their coaches? I hope you guys are doing well. Um, speaking on, the, I was going to talk. I'm going to talk Titans, but uh, before I do that, uh, is it me or is JJ Watt automatically going to be uh, on the top uh, NFL top 100 list? Because it seems like he plays about three games a year and makes it in the top 20 somehow. But uh, but uh, <laughs> really, I want to talk about. Really, I want to talk about the Titans and the remainder of our schedule. I saw today where. Um, I think after I, I think maybe now or after the Rams game, the Titans actually have the easiest strength of schedule for the remainder of the year, and uh, that kind of scares me because um, you know going into the Bills and the Chiefs game, to be honest with you, I was not worried one bit. I kind of thought those were going to be cakewalks. Uh, I was more scared about the Jets and the Jags game, and uh, the fact that we play quote unquote easy teams kind of scares me. So uh, about what Blaine was saying about hit, hitting our ceiling. Um, I just want to get y'all's thoughts on uh, playing the easy uh, strength of schedule the rest of the year. Appreciate the call. All right. And, and I'm going to bring up the people who we play because I, I, I wrote them down here uh, earlier this week. Colts, Rams, Saints. None of those are gimmies in my mind. Uh, Texas, Pats, Jags, Steelers, 49ers, Dolphins, Texans. So there's some you want to say easy ones or ones you say you should win, but you just, in this league, you don't know. I mean, like, we could say the Texans, we got to win those. But that's a huge rivalry in the, in the division. Right. They may show up and, you know, come out with some trick plays, but hopefully they can trade half their team away. And then the Jaguars are going to be better. The Pats continually get better. I still got them winning that one. And then the Steelers, I mean, they're the Steelers. Uh, so, and then the Dolphins. Maybe all the trade talk will come and then dismantle the team and they'll just be dysfunctional. Hopefully that's second to last game. And the 49ers, you just, you know, none's a gimme for me. Me neither. I I, I always say that because being a former player, if you think just like looking at records, hey, you'll, you'll you'll get beat and you won't be focused. So I'm always going to have that kind of mindset. It sounds scary, but... I can't say they're going to beat the, the Jaguars and the Texans twice and the Dolphins and the 49ers. I just, I, just, I just can't. I can't say that. I want to. They should. Yeah. But they should have beat the Jets. Everybody, oh, well, they didn't have their two weapons. They still should have beat the Jets. They should have. He's in the red zone three times, came with nine points. We got to figure out how to beat the Colts in Indy on Sunday on Halloween. We'll discuss all that next. Again, George Bremer said to join us. He covers the Colts. He's one of their beat writers. We'll get all the inside info next on Blaine and Mickey 1045. Go five. Blaine and Mickey 1045, the zone Titans Colts part view. 
this Sunday on Halloween, George Brimmer. Yeah. Uh, is this two Ball State people to one Arkansas State guy anytime he joins the show? Is this Chirp Chirp? Isn't, isn't George a Ball State guy too? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're everywhere. What are you talking about, man? In, well, in, me, in media. <laughs> yeah, what is it about that, that acclaimed school of journalism at Ball State, George, that just keeps turning out you media types there? Hey, number one college newspaper in the country, you know, what can you say? Yeah. Well, I, I, I got you. Uh, George covers the Colts beat for the Herald Bulletin newspaper. Uh, Blaine's been saying this all week, and I agree with him. This game feels like it's going to have a playoff atmosphere. I mean, Indy's going to be turned up because if you're if you're the Colts, the Titans could either leave there with a one-game lead in the division or a three-game lead in the division. So you're playing for your lives in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. Darius Leonard said it today. You know, he said he never says it's a must-win game, but this is a must-win game. And I, I think from the Colts' standpoint, it's an AFC South eliminator. They they lose this game, there's really no way that, that you can draw up to win this division. Wow. Um, what's the story injury-wise for these guys? I know the list is – the Titans' injury list has been unbelievably long, but the Colts have seen some key guys beat up too. Yeah, I think they, they've got some really important players who are in a better shape than they were the last time around. Wentz is, is probably right at the top of that list. His ankle's finally starting to heal, and, and he's played pretty well the last four weeks. I think he's been the quarterback that they've wanted to see. Darius Leonard said today that he's probably 80% better than he was uh, in the first meeting, but he's been hobbled on that, that ankle as well. Might have played his best game of the year in that rainstorm in, in San Francisco last weekend. Uh, but I think the big question mark is is on T.Y. Hilton right now. Didn't play last week, has a little bit of a quad injury going on, hasn't practiced yet this week, uh, but he's a guy that, you know, go all the way up till Saturday to make a decision on. George Brimmer, our guest, at GM Brimmer on Twitter. Well, George, thanks for coming on, man. It, it, you know, both teams were banged up last time, but naturally – you guys, his quarterback, Wentz, uh, basically had no ankles. <laughs> That's funny to say. But I've watched you guys over the last three weeks. I know y'all lost to the Ravens. But, man, I, you guys look totally different in the two wins as well as the loss to the Ravens that came back on you guys at the end. Lamar was being Lamar. Uh, man, what has changed besides Wentz being healthy? Because it seems like he looks like he's playing like a franchise quarterback. Yeah, he's been really good these last few weeks, and I, I think the biggest thing is that they've, they've had some time together. You know, it, it was a crazy – talk to you guys during training camp. It was a crazy summer for this team with, with the foot surgery, and then he missed a week with, with COVID protocols, and he got like maybe five or six practices with this offense before the season started, uh, which is incredible when you think about it. So they were kind of learning on the fly. Uh, then he got the ankle injury, and he was dealing with that, and it just seems like it's starting to come together – that trust that you need in the wide receivers. The offensive line is starting to play a little more solidly, and they've been a lot more aggressive. They started taking deep shots down the field, and since they've done that with the emergence of Michael Pittman, uh, this offense has really gone to another level. Yeah, speaking of that, man, Pittman looks like he's the number one go-to guy. I mean, <laughs> did you envision him to come on uh, this fast, uh, this soon? Yeah, I think he's a little bit ahead of schedule. When they when they brought him in, Frank Reich said on draft day, you know, this is a guy we see being a number one receiver. They they thought he would eventually take that torch from T.Y. Hilton, but I think the injuries that Hilton had, it kind of forced Pittman into that role, and he's really stepped up. I think last year, you know, he had his own injuries that he dealt with. He had that compartment leg syndrome, which is a really scary thing, and it really slowed him down, and it took a lot of his season away from him. 
but there was I don't think that Philip Rivers was as willing to kind of throw those 50-50 balls, put it up, you know, throw it deep and, and let him go get it. Carson Wentz has really taken a lot of trust now, and you saw it right at the end of the game last week, the game-clinching touchdown. Wentz basically just floated the ball in the air and, and trusted that Pittman would come down with it. No doubt about it. Went with Georgia Brimmer, Indianapolis Colts uh, beat writer. I guess uh, quickly have the Colts, I guess – you know, heard any rumors, any trade rumors that they may trade for some guys or trade some guys? Or are I mean, they sellers or buyers, I guess? Yeah, I mean, really the only talk, and it's been for a while now, is, is around Marlon Mack. You know, just he's made it clear that, that he'd like another opportunity somewhere else if they can make that work. And so that's really the only thing that that's being buzzed about here right now is, you know, is there a deal that works for Marlon Mack? Well, with uh, George Bremer uh, ending up as Colts beat right. So, George, the defense in this four-game stretch, which really should have been four wins, you got beat by Superman, Lamar Jackson. It's still unbelievable that they found a way to win that game. But during this this four-game stretch, Colts defense allowing just 17 points per game. They're also tied for first in the NFL in takeaways, and they've had 10 of those in the last four weeks. What kind of flipped the switch there for the defense? Yeah, really, Darius Leonard. I mean, he, he's always been the engine for this team, and – it took him, I think, a little while to figure out how to play on a bad wheel. It's been healing, but uh, he's just been such a difference maker. He's got two interceptions, which is tied for the team lead. But that punch out, it's its almost Charles Tillman-like. If you remember him with the Bears for all those years uh, under Lovey Smith, he, he's got that ability to just come in and hit the ball on, on almost every play. And, and really, you got to be aware of that. He's forced so many fumbles this year. Uh, just on plays where he almost even doesn't care about the tackle, he's going to try to get the ball out. On offense, the running game seems to be clicking, if I'm not mistaken, almost 150 yards a game, again, over this four-week stretch. But uh, Jonathan Taylor has run his way to second in line behind Derrick Henry right now in the NFL rushing race. Yeah, they have a lot of faith in Taylor. You know, he came on at the end of the year last year and really started to look like a star, and he just picked up where he left off. Uh, he's a guy, he said today, that, that he really admires Derrick Henry. He's watched, you know, everything that, that Henry does, but he knows that Derrick Henry's a special guy. There aren't many like him. Uh, I think that Taylor's kind of in that category. His size and his speed, he's no Derrick Henry. There's only one of him, but I think that Jonathan Taylor is a very unique back, and, and they've been using him more in the passing game this year as well. Uh, I think it's something that they thought that he had. He didn't show a lot of it at Wisconsin. But he's really started to make an impact there as well, and I think it's opened up the rest of his game for him a little bit. Well, Naheem Hines is the guy we're all still having flashbacks from last year where it was his birthday, and he kept telling the coaches, don't take me out, I'm doing too well. Uh, you know, that guy with the way he catches the ball and the different ways you can employ him, he's given the Titans trouble and other teams too. Yeah, you know, he's also a little bit of a slow start. I think they're still trying to figure out that balance with him and Taylor and Mack. Uh, but he's always a guy who can hurt you in a lot of different ways, and I know that they're going to try to get him involved again this week uh, because of his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Yeah, absolutely. George Brimmer at GM Brimmer, our guest, covers the uh, Colts' beat for the Herald Bulletin newspaper in Indiana. Well, George, have you asked any of the guys uh, for the Colts uh, on the defensive side what's it like uh, tackling the king or what's the key to tackling the king? Yeah, they, they all talk about that stiff arm and, and how deadly it is. You know, you want to try to stay off the highlight reels uh, because he'll put you on there real fast. Bobby Okariki was ta- – oh, Karake, sorry. 
uh, was talking about that a little bit today that you know, obviously you want to go for his legs because he's a big guy and, and that's your best chance, but you got to be really careful because he'll just kind of swat you down and you end up with nothing but grass in a hurry. Uh, and and Derek, uh, DeForest Buckner said earlier this week, it's just it's an all-day thing. You know he's going to get the ball 25, 30 times. You're going to feel that after the game. You know that you put in a full day's work when you go against Derrick Henry. Well, we were looking at the draft class of the Titans. It made me think about you guys. How's your draft class the last two years been contributing uh, to the team? Yeah, you know, I mean, this year there really hasn't been a lot of impact yet. I think that's one of the things that there's been a lot of buzz about here in Indy. Quiddy Pace had that hamstring injury, and, you know, he's been coming back the last couple of weeks a little bit from that, but I don't think we've seen 100% of him yet. Dio Dangbo, the second-round pick, has just started practicing. He's probably still at least another week away from being activated, and who knows how long till he can actually be a factor out there. And they were the guys, you know, they really expected to come in and, and be those bookends on the defensive line and, and drive that pass rush. Obviously, they, they haven't been able to see that yet. Uh, really, the only other rookie that, that's seen a lot of time is, is Kylan Granson. He's kind of third tight end, so he's still kind of working his way into the offense as well. But it's been a real quiet draft class this year for the Colts. I don't know if it's just against the Titans or does Frank Wright go for it on fourth down all the time? <laughs> I mean, against everybody, just depending on when it is and what's the rhyme and reason behind that. But uh, kind of take us through, have y'all ever talked to him about him going for it on fourth down and whether good or bad uh, in the situations uh, that he went for it? Yeah, I mean, he's been real aggressive, you know, <laughs> since he got here. He's got a couple analytic guys up in the in the box, and they have a sheet that they prepared for him. He doesn't go – it's not 100% on that sheet. Some of it's gut feeling. Uh-huh. Some of it's a situation on that day. Uh, but, yeah, absolutely. He it, It's a big part of what they do. The players have talked about it quite a bit, too, that, you know, they feel like there's a lot of trust that, that he has in the offense so they can pick up these fourth and short situations. And it's one thing when he goes for it on fourth and one, he'll do it on fourth and four, fourth and five yeah. sometimes and really kind of raise your eyebrows a little bit. Yeah. Well, with that George Bremer, Indianapolis coach, beat writer, and a chirp chirper. Did I see, George, uh, that I think on your Twitter they're still trying to – nail down the right guard spot uh, maybe for the Colts this week? Yeah, it's it's kind of a good problem for them to have. Chris Reed played so well on the left side when Quentin Nelson was out that they wanted to find a way to keep him in the lineup. They kind of rotated him and Glowinski on the right side uh, last week in San Francisco. More snaps for Reed than Glowinski. And I think it's probably going to be similar to that again uh, on Sunday, but they really like the job that he did, and I think he's kind of forced himself into the lineup here. Well, one of the guys he's going to see a lot of, or whomever plays uh, guard, is going to be Danico Autry. And the guys played great, and we had, like you mentioned, you came on with us during training camp, and we were asking you about that guy, and we were all really excited about his acquisition because we'd seen how well he played against the Titans all these years. But, man, that guy's been really good, George. Yeah, they missed him here in Indy, too. I mean, this pass rush has not been what they expect it to be. They've been better the last few weeks. All areas of the team has been better the last few weeks, but I don't think it's still up to the standard they want it to be. And Autry, you know, he always seemed to play his biggest in-the-division games. I'm sure he's going to have a little extra motivation, a little chip on his shoulder on Sunday coming in back into Indianapolis. 
All right, before we let you go, I wanted to ask you this. You're covering a team in the division. You've kind of seen the emergence of Ryan Tannehill and really how much it's changed the Titans' offense and changed things for Derrick Henry. There seems to be this national narrative that Tannehill is just not a guy who can get it done, that the Titans can't win big because of him. And really it seems like a lot of times what he's able to do within the confines of this offense, it, I mean, he's got more comeback wins than anybody in the league and all these other statistics since he became the starting quarterback. What do you see with Ryan Tannehill when you watch him? I know he's always been a problem for the Colts. I mean, even when he was with Miami, you know, he his ability to, to make plays with his legs as well as his arm, he has always given this team fits. Uh, I think the last what, three of the last four, I think Tennessee's won uh, in this series, and I think he's he's made a big pass play, at least one, every one of those games. A lot of back-breaking throws from him. Uh, Colts had enough trouble with Derrick Henry, I mean, to the point where – they, they held him, quote-unquote, to 113 yards the last time. It felt like a victory uh, just because it's, it's Derrick Henry. Uh, but I think that when you put too much focus on him, Tannehill, he can hurt you in so many ways. And now with the addition of Julio Jones, A.J. Brown's another guy that, that just absolutely killed this team. Now you got Julio Jones to worry about as well. It's a big, big challenge for this defense. I think Tannehill's done a really good job of, of knowing when to pick his spots and make those kind of back-breaking throws when they're available. George, we appreciate the time. Again, people can follow you. Great follow. Uh, I follow you. Keep up with all the uh, Colt stuff at GM Brimmer. Always appreciate the time and appreciate catching up with you. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, George. Thanks a lot, guys. Yes, sir. At G-M-B-R-E-M-E-R on Twitter, uh, Colts beat Herald Bulletin. Yeah, the, the Colts are essentially a different team, statistically anyway, since they played the Titans in the last month. They've really rounded into shape. And the quarterback seems to have two good ankles again. And there were a bunch of people who just wanted to ride him off when it's like, this is going to be terrible. They're going to be terrible. He's going to be terrible. Well, he had his best seasons with Frank Reich. I right. mean, he got put in a situation where it's like, oh, no, you're the undisputed starter. You're here to do one thing, and that's start and win games for this team. He's got a great team around him. I mean, Michael Pittman, as you brought up, has turned into a monster. They got so many running backs, they're looking at maybe trading one of them. Mm-hmm. And they paid a bunch of money on the offensive line. And they're healthy now. Nelson's back, uh, who's a stud. And Fisher's playing better. Yep. I mean, he's back. Uh, so, yeah, this is a dangerous team. And Wentz, I, I, I've been thoroughly impressed. I've watched him the last three weeks, and I'm going, uh-oh. Yeah. This looks like trouble right here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even in a loss, and it was really the defense against the Ravens. It was Lamar you know, Jackson. I mean, man, right. he was running and throwing like I've never seen him do before. He looked like MVP. Lamar and uh, the defense kind of just you know gave up. I think might have been a twenty point lead or something like. Man, it was it was a big one. It was that was a nationally televised game. Now they had that game under control, and all of a sudden in the second half, the Ravens just took over. I don't think the Ravens have played that well since. No. Uh, but the Colts look good. Wentz looked good. Even in the rain, he was running around. I mean, getting tackled below his legs, doing flips and everything else against the Forty ers They look solid. Pittman looked like he was inspired. He was pumped up. All game long, uh, you know, I don't know if it's because he's back on the West Coast, but they they look like a really good team. Uh, it's gonna be this is gonna be a good one. This is gonna be playoff flavor. And when I say that, I'm not even I'm talking about the atmosphere. I'm talking about the desperation to win this game and take control. You know, for the Titans, this is oof. I, man, I want I want a front row seat. This is just like uh, seeing uh, Tyson versus whoever you want to put him against, except. Tyson got knocked out. Holyfield. <laughs> well, the, uh, King's got, what, four straight 100-yard games against them? 
uh, four straight is the number. Yeah, and guess what, man? I, I love when you said it because, you know, as players, you kind of lose track of what's going on. You're in your little bubble. Then the media reminds you, and then they, then all of a sudden they go, oh, well, he ain't doing that again. We can't, we can't do it. We, he the four times? Four times. Oh, man, that's disrespect. How about this? Then you start going around. This is what I would do. Go around and start asking, have you been here the last four years? Have you been here the last four years? Ask every guy on the defense that starts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this guy's run right through our defense. Well, how you feel about that? Uh-huh. This ain't, this ain't Pee Wee. This ain't Pop Warner. He's not the best player on the field. What we got to do? We got to stop this guy. Yep. We, if we don't stop him, we have no shot of winning. What do you think? Well, Google, Gaga, yeah, laughing at lunch and everything. I walk by. King had hunted four times. Four times. Four times. Four times. Then I'm going to get it to the point where you just are sick of it. And when you get in the game, you're sick of him. That's, that's just, I mean, that's how you have to be in defense. It's so hard to play it. So, yeah, I think that's pretty remarkable. I just want him to win. I don't care if he gets 100 or not. Well, as you said, he has a lot of carries, 85, 86 yards, but 30 carries. That's probably a real good sign because that means they controlled the clock and kept the ball yep, away from the Colts. still won a game. Sure did. Yep. Uh, when we come back, what is the proper way to deny that you are interested in a football job for your coach? We have a master class in how you deny interest and then how you don't deny interest in a job. This is a fascinating thing. It is coming up next. Can you hear us knocking? Blaine and Mickey. Hour number two coming up. Coach Doug Matthews. Tennessee's on a bye week, but we're not on a bye week. Coach Matthews is going to show up and tell us everything he knows, like he always does. Well, yeah, especially about Harrison Baker, where he's going to be. Oh, yeah. Transfer, <laughs> there's that. Transfer portal. It, it, it is interesting, and we'll play this audio, and we can talk about this at the beginning of the first hour. Guys going into the transfer portal now. Now, obviously, he'll finish school, and he'll just go to class, and he'll finish out the semester. But uh, interesting to just go ahead and, and jump away now. That is uh, a guy who thought, hey, man, uh, this is going nowhere. I need to just go ahead and, you know, I'll just study and wait for the semester to end, and I'll jump somewhere else in January and get ready for spring football. But uh, only played in one game this year, Harrison Bailey, but put on his social media yesterday that he had en- entered the uh, transfer portal. Guy started games last year as a true freshman. Yeah, but the tell him the tape was uh, when he didn't get in, I think it was Tennessee Tech that they played? Halfway through the fourth quarter, and yep. they had that game well under control, and it's almost like they didn't want to put him in there. Yep. For whatever reason. Now, he's played for two different uh, coaches, and they got to see a lot of tape on him, and they saw him at practice. Uh, so, obviously, uh, they saw something that they don't like, uh, and it's pretty clear. Uh, so, yeah, that would be the question I asked Doug Matthews. There's going to probably – I would guess uh, there will be a, a another trickling out, maybe not at quarterback, but it got him and Maurer at both, both left. Mm-hmm. Uh, but will there be more players just at a lower level number as far as when they first took over the job because they may not get any playing time and they still quality you know football players so uh, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Uh, I think the timing is always interesting because uh, that's the first thing someone asked me and I said, well, it does seem weird, but to him and to benefit him, he needs to get a jump sharp because of the transfer portal. Yeah because there's other quarterbacks that may be available at the end, so he's trying to stay ahead of them to go to another school. So as bad as it looked, you know, probably our perception of something like that two years ago, you know, when there wasn't a portal, 
uh, then I think he's trying to stay ahead of it so he can have the best opportunity that's available to him. That's 100% it. You nailed it. That's it. Hey, man, I got my name out there first. Everybody knows I'm available. Commit Mm -hmm. to me now. Yeah. Yeah, it, you know, it's not like they're you know going to the national championship this year. Right. They they'll probably go to a bowl game, but I think that sacrifice is more worth. You're getting a jump start on uh, your next you know school. So yeah. Speaking of next schools, uh, when coaches get asked about openings and their name being open, there's kind of a right way and a wrong way to do this, and then maybe there's somewhere in the middle. <laughs> I give you Exhibit A, James Franklin, when asked about outside noise and being mentioned for other jobs. Um, I think I have shown my loyalty um, to this team, to this program, to this community. Um, I, I think there's, I think I've been pretty consistent with that. There's times that you, you put in challenging situations, um, and and I just always want to be able to, when I say something, it's done, and it's it's in stone. And when you're talking about the future, that 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 can be challenging sometimes. Um, so I am fiercely loyal uh, to Penn State. I am fiercely loyal, most importantly, to these players and, and the staff. Um, but there's a lot of moving parts with all of these things, a lot of moving parts, some of which we have talked about in the past. Um, but at some point when it's appropriate, I, I would love to sit down with you guys and, and just kind of talk through college football, talk through um, these circumstances, these situations have come up. Um, but yeah. Okay, so just if you're scoring at home, that is him saying, USC, LSU, you have my number. I'm more than available. And when I leave, then I'll, you know, if I talk to the media again, I'll explain why that was a better job than this one. Now, if you want to know a master class, how to shut down your name being mentioned in something. Listen to Mike Tomlin when he is told that his name was mentioned uh, for a college job. Guys, I don't have time for that speculation. I mean, that's a joke to me. Um, I got one of the best jobs in, in all of professional sport. Why would I have any interest in coaching college football? Um, that'll be the last time that I address it. And not only today, but moving forward. Never say never, but never. <laughs> okay. Anybody else got any questions about any college jobs? There's not a booster with a big enough blank check. Anyone else? All right. Thank you. Anybody asking Sean Payton about that? You know, anybody asking Andy Reid about stuff like that? Just walks off. And he got up yeah. and, and, and he walked off. Well, the reason why I think they asked him, I know he was just a little irritated, but Carson Palmer mentioned him mm-hmm. as a candidate being that he's a USC uh, you know, alum. So I'm sure he has a little bit of clout over there. So, but yeah, but I, I love that answer. You, you saw one guy is like shutting the door right. and another person negotiating through the media. Yes. And James Franklin, whether there's teams out there or not that are interested in, <laughs> and it's because of the way they, you know, you can talk to anybody <laughs> your agent can yeah. when you're still a coach somewhere else. I mean, this is crazy. You talking about, you know, they think Jay, you know, uh, James, uh, uh, Coach Pruitt, Jim Pruitt, is is bamboozling the Tennessee. No, college coaches can bamboozle for new contracts. That's what's unheard of. You've been an administrator, associate athletic director. How would you take what James Franken said? Oh, I'd start drawing up the exit paperwork. I would know what my strategy was. They always have their list. I mean, I the would... guy's making $8 million, some right. crazy number. Like, really? 
So you're thinking about LSU? Well, if you're thinking, then you're 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 not all in with us. No. Nope. And then he's he's actually basically saying when I ask for something, you know, I want people to let. So basically, you're telling us when you ask for something, you want them to do and jump, and you say how high, mm-hmm. and that's it. It's your way or the highway. So yeah, I'd be like, uh, yeah, we 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 got we got we the punch list is getting together right now yeah. on my five punch list. But to be fair, though, it's a lot easier to shut down that speculation when you truly have no interest, which Mike Tomlin does not, right. and when you're James Franklin, you probably have interest. It's a little more difficult, right, to shut it down effectively while still leaving the door open. It is and it is. But I'll say this. You could do a much better job than what James Franklin just did. Well, yeah, right. But here's the PR move. It's not about if you can or can't. Right. You can do whatever you want behind the scenes. Yes. But to the media, you got to act like it's nothing. Like there is no possibility. That doesn't mean his agent still isn't out there talking to people. When he said, I'd love to sit down with you guys and talk yeah, about the world blah, of college football. Wrong answer. <laughs> that means when I leave, I I'll explain to you why the better job <laughs> right. is the one that I took besides yeah, the one that's, that's here, a, you that's dummies. A, that's a screw there, man. Yeah, they, they, this, this, some of this stuff, uh, I, I would uh, love to – I wish I could be an athletic director because I would make sure all my head coaches – I hope some of the administrators are listening, ADs out here – have taken leadership – development programs because a lot of people assume head coaches are leaders that's a wrong assumption they are not all leaders they know how to read the x's and o's of a football play but are they actual leaders of young men so i'd be interested to see how many of them have taken leadership classes before they even thought about getting hired because that would be my requirement as an athletic director because if he did they would know he can't do that but see, now they've emboldened him and empowered him so much that he can say stuff like this to the public sure. and not have any regard or repercussions to it. Still cashes $8 million checks. Yep. Mm-hmm. Our number two coming up. Uh, Doug Matthews said to join us. We'll talk Vols and Morris coming up in about 20 minutes, although got a Titans practice report. We'll hit that with you next.